Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I want to talk to you about five dating lessons learned from climbing a mountain. Before we get into that, I want to share with you my free guide called Copy and Paste Texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes of this episode. If you are going on dates, if you are dating and those dates only ever amount to a casual connection after casual connection, or they amount to something that is just below commitment, just below being exclusive, just below knowing where you stand and creating a partnership with someone that you truly want to be with, then you need to be in my coaching program from dating to exclusive. It's about how we create those kinds of connections, how we create casual connections, and how we can create an exclusive one instead. You need to know the actions that are leading you towards creating casual connection after casual connection and the path that leads towards an exclusive connection instead. So when you get on the waitlist for the coaching program, which is opening in January, then number one, you're going to get a discount for joining early and being on the waitlist. And number two, you're going to get a free sample of the first page of my workbook that I created that I go through with my clients. And that workbook, that first page is about the path to casual and the path to exclusivity and the differences between those paths. And the program is based on learning the skills of creating an exclusive relationship So letting go of those habits from the casual path and learning the skills of the exclusive path. So if you want to do that work together, if you want to learn those skills, make sure you get on the wait list and make sure you join this round so that by summertime, you're having a very different experience in dating and relationships. Okay, so interestingly enough, that sample of the workbook, that first page, it has an image of a mountain and The mountain displays the casual path around the bottom of the mountain and the exclusive path leading to the peak of the mountain. And today's episode is actually about five lessons that I've learned from climbing a mountain, Mount St. Helens. So I did this with my boyfriend and two of my friends about two or three months ago. And it's the first and last (laughs) mountain that I've climbed. I've climbed like little mountains, like day mountains, but this was like a volcano, like it was an actual mountain. (laughs) And this podcast is really me just wanting to share that experience with you. However, of course, we'll make it relevant to dating as always. So... The way that it started was my boyfriend's really into mountaineering and based on the stories that he shared and the pictures that he shared, it was something that I was really interested in as well. I was into a lot of hiking and I like a lot of outdoorsy things, but I just never even considered that that was in the realm of something that I could do. And he basically got me into it and my friends had already done it a few times. So With that group, I felt pretty confident to move forward. So we started the climb at 2.30 a.m. And 
we of course went to bed way too late <laughs> and we also had to drive out there. So um, my boyfriend and I, we were two hours away. So we slept like two hours then drove two hours and then started climbing. <laughs> and at first it was amazing. I mean, it was pitch black and first we were climbing through the forest and the temperature was just perfect like at first I was really cold but as we started climbing it was perfect and then once we were out of the woods and starting to actually make our way up the mountain you could see all of the stars like we it was just so beautiful climbing with all of the stars out and perfect temperature and then we started climbing basically on all fours. And so I always thought that climbing up a mountain was just going to be basically a very steep uphill walk. But this um, portion of the climb was on all fours over boulders and it was dark. So it was just with headlamps. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm actually climbing a mountain. This is awesome. And so I was having this surge of happiness throughout that time and you know for a lot of it we're just quiet it's pretty strenuous and I kept thinking this is just the best day of my life like I I just couldn't have been happier with the people that I was with and the thing that I was doing and the circumstances under which I was doing it at first I was pretty much flying up the mountain I had been training on the stairmaster and making sure that I was in good shape for it and running actually timing my runs and all of that kind of thing. And maybe a quarter of the way up the mountain, I was really feeling sick. I was feeling very nauseous. Um, I was feeling like I was going to throw up maybe. I was feeling exhausted from the two hours of sleep. And it was a weird feeling because I didn't feel out of shape. Like I didn't feel like my muscles were tired. I didn't feel like my body couldn't do it. It just felt too sick. (laughs) And at the same time, I was pretty quiet at this point and we were all just climbing up and I didn't really want to tell anybody because we were just a quarter of the way up and I thought it was just me. And I was like, um, this is kind of the beginning of this climb. I can't really be sick right now. And um, then I tried to eat because at the same time, I was actually starving from the work of the climb and we hadn't eaten yet. And I ate a bar and that was just the worst decision ever. I got so sick and just felt like every step was making me more and more nauseous. And eventually we had a little check-in with everybody and it turned out everybody was feeling really nauseous. (laughs) And... That actually made me feel a lot better because when I thought it was just me climbing up, feeling nauseous, I thought something was wrong, especially because I hadn't done it yet. I thought maybe I was getting food poisoning or something was just wrong with my body. And as soon as we had that check-in and I realized we were all going through our own version of the same challenge... I realized that what I was experiencing was normal and I wasn't scared by my own experience of that challenge anymore. Before that check-in, I was actually kind of pushing away some panic attacks. Um, That's how anxious I was about how sick I was feeling. And 
this feeling of being really far away from any help or this feeling of uh, basically moving further and further away from getting help or getting home or getting to a place that's safe was giving me a lot of anxiety. So I felt basically I kind of was having some panic attacks and I just kind of moved through it. Um, didn't want to bring attention to it. But as soon as I had that check-in and realized that everybody was struggling and it wasn't just me and that it was normal, I felt a lot better. And so I think the first lesson here is that there is so much value in going through a challenge or a journey with other people. And a big part of that is really knowing that it's normal to go through these challenges and having that open communication and those check-ins. So for example, in the coaching group, you are seeing everybody going through their own version of challenges with the process. They are getting coaching, they're working through emotions, they're working through their mindset, they're working through learning skills. And there is something about that that is really helpful for knowing that you're not alone and knowing that it's normal to struggle with learning something, with a process, with engaging and pursuing a goal. So we continue climbing. I'm not really sure how long it took for me to stop feeling like I was like actually on the brink of vomiting, but eventually that subsided, especially as I wasn't eating. And I just kept going. And then it was more just the exhaustion. Like at some point, remember that feeling I told you of, this is the best day of my life. Like this is so amazing. That wore off. (laughs) That was not there anymore. And right around the halfway point is when my mind started to have thoughts like, you know, I don't have to go all the way up. (laughs) And I started to think, this is so beautiful. I'm already so high up. And as soon as the sunrise comes, it'll be stunningly beautiful. I think I got what I needed (laughs) out of this situation. I think I got the experience I wanted to have. I wouldn't really be upset with myself if I just stopped here or soon after and, you know, maybe just took a nap on this pile of rocks until the sun came up. And those ideas started floating around a little bit and, you know, you just start entertaining. Do I really have to go all the way up? Why? Wait, why am I doing this? Why? Why? That's a a question that comes up a lot. Why? 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 And I remember I was taking a break. I was sitting on a rock and I don't know, talking to my friends. And then they were like, oh, looks like, you know, your boyfriend's uh, right up there. I was like, oh man, he's like way ahead. I need to get up and keep going. And I get up and turn around and it turns out he was like five feet above me laying on the floor (laughs) in a bunch of rocks. (laughs) with his eyes closed, like basically falling asleep on rocks (laughs) under the stars. And I went over there and I just like plopped next to him. And I truly just, I could have just fallen asleep right there. Even though we were in the middle of hiking, I could have shut my eyes and fallen asleep. And we talked about it. (laughs) I was like, should we just go to sleep right now. I mean, this is so 
nice. Like I've never felt more comfortable without pillows, without a blanket, on a bunch of sharp rocks. I was like, I could, it was so comfortable. And eventually we did get ourselves together and get back up and kept going. So the second lesson is the doubt voice will come in when things get difficult. And it sounds exactly like that. And it's kind of interesting how no matter what you're doing, no matter what challenge you're up against, whether it's climbing a mountain or dating in modern society or, you know, finishing school or whatever it is, whatever is challenging you, doubt always sounds very similar. It always starts with why. Why am I even doing this? Why do I even care? Why is this important? Maybe what's, what inspired me to start this thing isn't actually important. It doesn't actually matter. Why am I doing this? And it's really important, one, to have an answer to that question, but also I kind of noticed that, you know, as I was climbing... That answer just really didn't (laughs) seem to matter anymore. It really didn't have an effect on me. And I think the more important thing is to learn how to ignore doubt, to learn to just let it play out and not respond to it and not start engaging with it and really entertaining those thoughts of like, yeah, why am I doing this? What, you know, maybe I could, once you start doing that, it starts to snowball. And so those doubt thoughts are to be expected and it's really important to learn how to work with doubt if you want to be able to keep going through the challenging parts to a goal. The other lesson there is it's really easy to start settling at the halfway point. At that point when it starts to feel like the reward to effort ratio is out of balance, when you feel like you're not getting what you think thought you were going to get out of the level of effort that you've put in. That's when settling really becomes an attractive option. And that look for me on the mountain looked like I just want to take a nap <laughs> like right here. I, you know, I don't have to go to the top. What's the point of the top? I'm already really high. I'm higher than most people will ever be. <laughs> and for dating, when we are experiencing challenges in dating, when we've been single a little bit too long, when we've had one too many heartbreaks, when we've had one too many dates, that's when we start to just settle for less of the five elements. We start to settle for the person who's secure, but we're not attracted to. We start to settle for the person we're really attracted to, but isn't showing up for us. We start to settle for dreams and goals that we never wanted. We start to settle for having a C plus friendship connection with that person. We just start losing sight or losing the drive to pursue the real quality of relationship that we set out for in the first place. And I really understand it because at some point you do look up and you're like, is it really that much better there? Is it really worth what it takes 
to get there? Is it really worth the time? Is it worth the effort to keep going to create that level of relationship that I want? And I really do understand that. And that is another version of doubt. And at this point, doubt really becomes real. Doubt really starts to affect your actions. Doubt really has you dating the wrong people for longer and longer and therefore actually postponing your journey to the top, your journey to the kind of relationship that you really want. So we keep climbing and I'm really, really starting to get very exhausted, still feeling a bit nauseous. And it's actually getting more challenging as we continue going higher. The last bit of the mountain is mainly volcanic ash which means that you're hiking up basically in sand. It feels like you're hiking uphill really steep in sand. And every step that you take, your foot sinks back a little bit. And sometimes you take a step and you sink back like two steps and it's pretty miserable (laughs) and it's really uncomfortable. Um, So that's the part I was at and I still couldn't see the top. (laughs) And I was still feeling really discouraged. I was starting to really, you know, just, it was all getting to me. And I, that was when the first time when I verbalized to my boyfriend who was next to me, I was like, I am feeling really discouraged. Like I was actually doubting that I could get up there. And I think I was, you know, looking back, I think I was feeling it out to see if he was going to allow that. (laughs) Like, kind of. I think there was part of me that was hoping he'd be like, really? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Maybe we should just stop here. You know, I don't know what I was really expecting, but I was just communicating genuine loss of confidence in myself. And his response was, yep, there's no real easy way around these mountains. And first of all, that was again affirming for me that this experience was normal and it was really okay that I was having a hard time with it. And that having a hard time didn't equal not being capable of it. And the other part of that was just the value of having somebody who has done this before, who has seen other people do this before and had kind of a bird's eye view, even though they were right there with me, to be able to give me the feedback that I needed in that moment. Because, you know, in other cases, maybe the feedback needed in that moment is take a break or stop or today's not the day for it. But there is just value in having somebody who's experienced and who has that perspective give you that feedback in the moment. So I kept going and, you know, in some ways it got easier in that I wasn't as sick, but it also just got harder in that I was more and more exhausted and tapped out in terms of resources on two hours of sleep, remember? And, um, and of course the trail itself was getting more difficult with that volcanic ash. And so towards the end for a good chunk of it, the last part of it, I could only take three steps at a time. I would take one, two, three, break. 
one, two, three, break. And the break was sometimes like a minute. <laughs> like I was so tapped out. And I caught up with my friends who were taking a break and I was, you know, just like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. And they were like, we're actually almost there. We're really close. It's really hard to tell when you're on it. You, it's not like you see the peak at all times. It just looks like a really giant hill. And then sometimes that hill just leads to another hill. So it's really hard to tell. And they told me, uh, I was like, you know, kind of complaining to them. I feel bad actually <laughs> how much I was complaining, but they told me, you know, as soon as you get up there, you're just going to have misery amnesia. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> but we kept going and finally I made it to the top. I was the last one there. And within seconds, I had misery amnesia. I started jumping up and down. I was so excited. And then it was so amazing because it was still dark and the sunrise was just starting like maybe five minutes after we made it to the peak. The sun started to come up and it was so beautiful. I've never seen anything like it before. Plus there's a huge crater from when this volcano exploded in the past, or that's not (laughs) the word, it erupted in the past. And you can see steam coming up from the volcano, which is so amazing. There was snow, so it was just so beautiful, and the day was perfect. It was really clear with some clouds that made a really just interesting landscape. And we had just had so much fun up there jumping around. We went to explore the crater, um, and then... Uh, my boyfriend and I, we went along the crater rim to the actual highest peak in the end, which as soon as I started doing that again, it was like another little trip. I started getting pretty exhausted again, but I did want to go to the highest peak of Mount St. Helens. And we were up there for a really long time and I was already planning the next trip. (laughs) I was already thinking, I can't wait to do this again. This is so amazing. And talking about every part of the climb and I was completely restored. I wasn't sick. I wasn't tired. I wasn't exhausted anymore. I just felt completely fine and just happy to be there. In your dating journey, you will experience challenges. And number one, you're going to be proud of yourself for having gone through that to create what you really wanted in this lifetime. Number two, the experience that you create for yourself, which in dating would be an amazing relationship, will be worth all of that and more. And number three is, can't really explain it, but you do just forget about it (laughs) in the end. You, as challenging as it is, a year into your relationship, you will just forget everything that ever happened (laughs) while you were dating. Or at the very least, you'll look back at it as, first of all, kind of a fond memory because you're proud of yourself for going through that. You're glad that you went through it to create what you created, but also it just won't have that same charge. 
um, even things that really have a huge charge for you now as you're going through them, in retrospect, it just won't be that way. And you will have misery amnesia and you will be so glad that you went through that whole journey to create what you wanted to create. The last lesson is the importance of being prepared. So obviously, if you're climbing a mountain, this is pretty clear. You know, you need to bring food, you need to bring water, you need to have a first aid kit, you need to tell someone where you're going, you need to train for it. And that's all very clear. In dating, it's not so clear. I think a lot of people think dating stands on its own, but dating is a part of your life. And the other parts of your life support each other, including dating. So when you aren't paying attention to the other parts of your life that support dating, then you're not prepared for dating. And one of the best things that you can do to improve your dating life is to pay attention to and invest in your wellness foundation and create that foundation and preparedness outside of your dating life. Another thing too is I have women ask me from time to time, hey, can I join your program if I'm not quite ready to date? Like I just got out of something, I'm just getting through a breakup or I'm taking a break right now. Can I still benefit from the program? And my answer is always yes, because there can actually be a huge benefit to learning these skills and learning what we go through in the program and then diving into dating again, feeling more prepared because you have some new tools, some new vocabulary, some new skills to date with. And it's a way of preparing for that experience. All right, those are the lessons about dating learned from climbing a mountain. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying this podcast, it would be so amazing to see a review from you on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review by going to Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast, clicking on the image, and then scrolling all the way down, and you'll see an area where you can leave a review there. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye!